um, Heavenly Father, we pray that through collaborating, we will experience a greater wholeness for ourselves and our community and for those we serve. Oh, I lost it. Those we serve, bless our work that we do get together so we can do an abundant harvest in your love and justice. Amen. Call to order, roll call. Councilmember Hollingshead. Here. Councilmember Cavey. Here. Councilmember LaFleur. Here. Councilmember Brooks. Present. Councilmember Dietz. Here. Mayor Potem Bracken. Here. Mayor Gray. Here. All are present. Thank you. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. Council comments. I don't have much tonight. I want to thank uh, our Yorktown Academy for showing up. Um, uh, hopefully, it was a great class, and it usually really is. And so, I'm I'm glad everyone can be here, and hopefully, they learned a lot and can uh, hopefully spread the the good word of Castle Rock around town for us. Um, besides that, uh, I know it's fall break, and hopefully, everyone has a safe and and a great fall break. Councilmember Hollingshead. Yeah, I just want to encourage everybody to enjoy the nice weather this week and get out and support downtown restaurants. It's restaurant week and they've all got uh, unique menus and things. So get out and support our local business. Councilmember Katie. Yeah, just a quick reminder for anybody who is in District 2, my open house is coming up on October 30th from 4 to 6 at the fire station on Crowfoot Valley Road. So I would love to see a big turnout, have everybody come, help answer their questions, um, talk about what's going on in the town. So I look forward to a big turnout. Thank you. Thank you. Councilmember LaFleur online. Uh, no comment tonight, Mayor. Thank you. Thank you. Councilmember Brooks. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, to dovetail on, on your comment about Restaurant Week, uh, just a quick little shout out. I don't want to make it seem like I'm playing favorites, but a quick little shout out to Bucket List Tavern. Uh, it's a new restaurant in town. I believe it was Carlos Miguel's before. It was a Mexican food restaurant. Um, so new ownership, uh, a really cool place. And so I would encourage everybody to go in, first of all, because it's spending in town, right? It's a local new restaurant in town. Uh, go in, and if you do, uh, speak with the the owner, Joel, or his brother, and asked them about the name Bucket List, but good food, and I went out there for their soft opening, and it was a good time. So uh, just, yeah, again, make sure to support local restaurants. Good. Thank you. Councilmember Dietz. Thank you, Mayor. Yeah, I just want to thank those who got involved in the academy and um, just have people remember public service. I urge you all, if you feel like there's something you can do for your community, your neighbor, do it. There's no easy way to do it, but do it. Um, in this world, I always believed you can be a uh, renter or an owner, see which one you wanna be, and own up to that responsibility. And in a crisis, that's all there is, is responsibility. So help your neighbor today the best you can. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor, T Mayor Pro Tim Bracken. Thank you, Mayor. Yes, the, um, I'd like to thank the Public Works Department for their review of the speeding on uh, North Meadows uh, drive and that goes all the way down to Elegant uh, Street and so they're gonna put a couple speed or actually three different speed tables in um, they were they were on average in the 85th percentile 
of speeding uh, above the above the norm. So, in other words, uh, to put that in 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 English, the the speed limit's uh, 25, and they're going 30 to 35 miles an hour uh, through through that area consistently. So, um, so they're gonna they're gonna assess and put some speed tables in there, and that was a community driven effort. Folks came and spoke and and uh, and sent. Uh, Councilmember Hollings had and I emails, so it's been an, an ongoing review of of speeding throughout town, and so it's been an, an issue for um, for all of town really. And this is all just so folks know, this is all data driven. So you see somebody speeding, and you go, uh, "We need to put a cop there, or a red light, or a stop sign, or whatever." That's that's really not how it works. So um, it's been a long runway. It's been great work and, and great provability to what's happened and, and moving forward. You know, um, what most people see is the roads tore up, getting fixed, and uh, you know somebody with a with a flag or cones in front of them. And so it's a lot. It's a lot more than that. So um, anyhow, big shout out to to that process and it's working. And and I know there's several areas in. Uh, around District 3 in my area that are being assessed. So um, so thank you, Mayor, and thank you to the uh, Public Works Division and, and for Mr. Corliss for help keeping the issue on track. So, Thank you, Mayor, Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. Uh, next, I have unscheduled uh, public appearances. This time is reserved for members of the public to make a presentation to council on items or issues that are not scheduled on the agenda. As a general practice, the council will not discuss or debate these items, nor will council make decisions on these items presented during this time. Rather, they will refer to items for staff for follow-up if needed. Comments are limited to three minutes per speaker. Time will be limited to 30 minutes total. Residents will be given priority in the order they signed up, followed by non-residents representing Town of Castle Rock businesses, then non-residents, and then the business outside of Town of Castle Rock as time permits. Council also accepting um, written public online um, at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today scheduled in, into the public rock record. I don't have anybody time to speak. If there's anyone who wishes to speak, speak, please approach the podium or online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and call or press star three and please state your name and whether you are resident, non-resident or business owner, you have three minutes to speak. Thank you, Shannon. Seeing none, we'll move on to the town manager's report. Mayor and Council, I am uh, pleased to turn the uh, microphone over to Kristen Reed and her presentation in regards to the Your Town Academy graduating class. Thank you, Mayor and Council, for allowing us to be here tonight. As many of you have observed, behind me to my left is your 2023 Your Town Academy graduating class. For benefits of the audience, we want to tell a little bit about their experience that brought them here this evening. So they all started this journey back on August 14th and have been through eight two and a half hour sessions. So a significant time dedication to learn all about the town and the community and hopefully have some fun along the way. Uh, they started out getting some of the basics about the town and how we're structured and funded. And then they moved on to a fun evening with Parks and Rec. They got to go tour the Cantrell School and uh, enjoy that. Then they were on to the fire department where they got suited up in gear 
and went through a smoky building, had all sorts of fun. You'll see some pictures of that later. The police department always likes to rival the fire department in terms of fun, so they get to play with drones and see all of the wonderful technology that CRPD puts to use for the community. Then at Public Works, they tour the sign shop and the fleet shop and uh, get to try out some of the equipment that paints lines and um, get hands-on there. That's really the goal of this program is to get them with our staff, get them seeing the resources we have, asking questions, engaging in dialogue. So it's a very interactive and hopefully educational process for everyone. And then their final evening, oh, I skipped water, but they get to go through Plum Creek Water Purification Facility, take a taste test, see how Castle Rock's water stacks up to some others. And then last week they were here um, in some of your seats actually doing a mock planning commission hearing and seeing how it is to grapple with some of those decisions that come before planning commission and town council in terms of development. I won't read these, but on screen are some of the quotes. We collect feedback after every evening to see how we can improve. This is our eighth year for the program, but we're always looking for ways to improve. But you see it's generally pretty positive comments that we receive and people think it's worth the time that they spend coming and investing in their community and so we find that very heartening when we see comments like these. Uh, I'll skip forward and show you just a few of the pictures and then we'll ask Mayor Gray to come down and present the certificates to the graduates. Not everybody is here tonight. As mentioned, it's fall break so we do have some people who are out of town but we do have uh, I think 15 at least of our 23 graduates here. So Mayor, if you would please come down, we will get the graduation ceremony officially underway. Okay, our first graduate this evening is Megan Baseflug. Lauren Capper. Walt Carillion. Jimmy Seal. Kara Dickens. Dana Frazy. John Frazy. Michelle Halpert. Darren Kreitler, Deanna Kreitler, Dan Mills, Jody Mills, Keith Novak. Gina Smith, Wanda Vaught, and Frank Volpe. And if, if you all can smoosh a little bit, please, and Mayor, if you'd like to join the class and council if you want to come around and join the class also if sometimes it's hard to see you all behind the dais so if council could please join the class as well Melissa's going to grab a photo
that concludes our presentation. We will plan to offer this program again next year. So anyone with interest, look for the application to open around June 1st. Mayor and Council, I'm, I'm sure that I join the, the, the class members in thanking the town department heads and the staff that participated, but most importantly, thanking Kristen Reed for her stewardship of the class. So thank you. Next up, we've got uh, just a couple of calendar items on the report. Um, as uh, Councilmember Cavey mentioned, we've got just a few more open houses here to uh, conclude our open house work for the, uh, the year. Um, on the, the 24th, uh, Districts 1 and 3 will be sharing an op open house for Councilmember Hollingshead and Mayor Pro Tem Bracken at the Grange there in the Meadows. And then as Councilmember Cavey, um, Air Fire Station uh, 5's there on Crowfoot Valley Road on October 30th. Uh, District 2 will be having its open house. Then we move on into uh, November and uh, uh, town celebrates Veterans Day on November the 10th. We've got our board and commission appreciation event on the 14th. And then also hopefully you may be receiving, um, uh, you should all have received invitations to the county, state of the county event up at the Legacy uh, campus there um, where the, it used to be the old wildlife experience uh, uh, building where they're gonna have a, a luncheon and um, we very much would encourage uh, council members to attend if that's possible as well. Be sure and let Shannon know so that we can get the RSVPs in. And then obviously we've got uh, Starlighting coming here on November the 18th. Uh, the Parks and Recreation um, has already started the um, holiday decoration work. Uh, Jeff let us know that that's getting kicked off this week. So it's, uh, it's that time of year. Um, just a few more uh, open houses, uh, the, 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 um, the Wellspring uh, conversion on the La Quinta facility is having their final um, uh, neighborhood meeting in regards to that project. You'll be seeing that um, uh, UBSR here uh, later in the year. Uh, we're getting the uh, Cantrell School um, on the, the local landmark so we're having a meeting in regards to that. And then there's also a neighborhood meeting for the uh, proposed Dunkin' Donuts there um, at Aloha Street and Founders Parkway. And uh, mentioned it's getting to be that season. And here we have some uh, Halloween related activities that the uh, town is uh, involved in as well. So that concludes the um, calendar items. And now Mark is gonna come up and point to uh, the court case information that you've got in your packet, and just as importantly, talk about some county water partnership information. Ooh, let's see. Oh, that is the wrong one. Um, sorry, Shannon. Um, that's the one I'm just going to point to. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Um, well, anyways, this will be quick. Um, yeah, yeah, you had it down there, Shannon. Down, 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 down. There you go. That one. Boom. Sorry, my bad. 
Uh, anyway, so as council knows, uh, we've been working with Douglas County on a lot of um, water items. And I just wanted to give you a brief update of a couple of things going on. So uh, first, before I do that, I wanted to show you a map of Douglas County, which is kind of the dotted blue line here. And all those colors that you see on that map are actual water providers in Douglas County. So the reason I show this, just to show you, there is a significant area of Douglas County that is not served by a specific water provider. So you can see Castle Rock, you can see Parker, the big one, and Centennial, the other big one. You got a whole bunch of smaller water providers. Um, so Castle Rock has, was asked um, for us to at least participate and help the county review their reports for a couple of areas that they're studying that we're actually very interested in as well. One of them is the Keene Ranch area. There's about 391 homes down in this area. It includes Twin Oaks, Castle Mesa, Keene Ranch itself. Um, and these homes down there, they're all in individual wells at the, at the current time. And here's a kind of a zoom in of the area. You can see it's right around the Dawson Trails area, which is getting ready to develop, obviously, um, in the coming years in Castle Rock. And see a whole bunch of existing private wells. What the county did is hired a consultant to take a look at what it would cost to connect to Castle Rock Water, what that would look like for these customers. We're certainly reviewing that report with them and taking a hard look at what that would look like. Obviously, anything we were to do in the future would be under the same approach we've always taken, which is the customers need to pay the full cost of that, very similar to what happened in Bell Mountain Ranch, for example. Um, so this is one area. Again, 391 homes in unincorporated Douglas County. They currently have no access to renewable water supplies. The second area the county's taking a look at is another area of interest. It's the Happy Canyon area. As council knows, we have significant amount of infrastructure going through that area associated with our Wise Water and our pipelines that go up to Reuter Hess. Um, and we're going to be building additional infrastructure going up through that area. We actually have a water tank up in that area as well already. Um, so again, there's about 209 homes up in these two areas um, that are on individual excuse me, individual wells at this point that may eventually need or want service from a water provider. And the county is actually working with both us and Parker on this one, looking at whether either one of us could serve them in the future and what the cost would look like. So I just wanted you guys to be aware of that, that we are working with the county on these kinds of things, trying to help them. Here's a little zoom in on that. And then just one quick reminder, we are working with the county on the regional wastewater IGA. Um, that has moved forward. You guys already approved design work for the Chatfield Basin Water Reclamation Facility. We also had a second contract, which will be moving forward, which is for design of the Levere's lift station. Um, that's less than $250,000. We'll be going forward with Merrick, hopefully, here very shortly to get that started. And then I'm going to just zoom back up to the main map to show you just, if you look at the Highway 85 corridor on the main map, there's really not a lot of water providers serving that area as well. 
Um, so that's just something for us to be aware of. I know council knows that that's a high priority area for the county in terms of commercial development in the future. Um, and we will, as we know, be the wastewater retail provider for that area as a part of the agreement we already have with the county. Any questions, I'm happy to answer. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. That's that's all I have on this evening's manager's report. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, staff. And uh, thank you, David. Moving on to the town attorney's report. Uh, no report tonight, Mayor. Thank you. Moving on to the acceptance of the agenda. There are no changes, additions, or deletions to the agenda. A motion to accept the agenda as presented will be accepted. So moved. Second. First by Mayor Pro Tem Bracken, the second by Councilmember Holland said. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Holland? Aye. Yes. Aye. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? Yes. Mayor Gray? Aye. Motion passes unanimously. Moving on to the consent calendar, these items are generally routine in nature and have been previously uh, reviewed by town council. We voted on a single motion without discussion. Any member of town council may remove an item from the consent calendar. Number eight, ordinance 2023-24, ordinance amending title nine of the Castle Reference Code by the addition of the chapters 9.06 entitled offenses related to morals. Um, number Number nine, ordinance 2023-25, ordinance amending sections 2.02.040C of the Castle Rockman's Code regarding protocol for regular meetings of the town council. Number 10, re resolution 2023-122, resolution approving the contribution funding agreement between Dawson Trails Metro District Number 1 and the Town of Castle Rock for Crystal Valley Parkway Interchange Project. Number 11, resolution 2023-123, Resolution approving the construction contract with Applied Integrity Ingenuity uh, LLC for the 2023-24 Denver Basin Aquifer Rehabilitation and Pumping Equipment Replacement Pro Project. Number 12, Proclamation 2023-12. Proclamation is a Crash Responders Safety Week, November 13th to the 17th, 2023. And number 13, minutes 2023-19, minutes October 3rd, 2023, town council meeting. I'll accept the motion. So moved. Second. Uh, first by uh, Mayor Pro Tem Bracken, second by Councilmember Holland said. Any further discussion? Yes, ma'am. I do. Um, I do have a question for you, Dave. Um, I forgot to ask this at the last meeting. On slide 17 of the budget, it talks about um, the new rec center over at the Brickyard and how we put money aside for that. Just because we put money aside for that does not mean it's approved, right? That is absolutely correct. I want to be very clear because there's things going around saying we've approved it. No. That is not accurate. All you are doing is approving the appropriation authority. Obviously, the Brickyard has to come back for all of their rezoning entitlements, site development plan, we have to have a finance agreement with them. We then have to have an agreement with them concerning the Sports Development Center. You all have to approve that. You also then have to approve the financing of all of that. So there's at least a half dozen that I just have rattled off there of approval items in regards to a Sports Development Center before it would go forward. All this is doing, which is a significant, but it is allocating $10 million of appropriation authority 
in the 2024 budget for that project. If you all decide not to proceed or you delay, then we'll talk about what that means at that time as to whether or not we're gonna delay for a future year or later in the year or not proceed at all. Okay. That, that will be a separate decision other than allocating the budget authority for that. I just wanted to make sure, because somehow it was out in social media that we're doing a new rec center, and I'm like, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. We haven't gotten there. <laughs> it's, it's fair to say we're planning on it. We're spending money for construction documents to proceed, but we are not, we, we have not uh, proceeded yet. One of the key items is going to be Brookyard. Um, they are tied together. If Brickyard doesn't proceed, the Sports Development Center doesn't proceed. If the Sports Development Center proceed, doesn't proceed because we don't want to build it next year, Brick, Brickyard may not proceed at its at its certain pace either. So they're they're related. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that since I think there was um, a misconception out there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first and second for consent calendar. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? Yes. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Next is uh, public comment or advertised public hearings and discussion acts items. Public comment will be taken after this for four minutes per speaker. Council will be um, accepting it uh, submitted online written at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today to be included in the public record. Number 2024, number 14, ordinance um, adopting the 2023-26 uh, budget for Town of Castle Rock. David? Mayor and Council, as we've previously outlined, uh, we're following through on a calendar to um, have you consider the 2024 town budget. A lot of my comments are going to be redundant from what you have heard earlier. I'm hoping that um, citizens who are maybe uh, listening in for the first time are gonna be learning a little bit about it. It's one of the most important action items that a council takes in a year is approving a, uh, an annual budget which would then start obviously January 1st, 2024. We try and develop our budgets to reflect priorities, just like your home budget reflects your personal priorities, the priorities of your family. Hopefully the town budget reflects the priorities of our elected officials and also the community, and it's built around these seven key priorities. I continue to say that one of the successes of this community is that we have focused on certain priorities, recognizing that not everything can be a priority, and we've not chased every idea or item um, with money because we wanna put our money on these seven key items. This is our budget calendar that you have uh, seen before. My goal is, is that by second reading, you are familiar enough with uh, this. We, we may, if it's unanimously approved, put some of these items on uh, your consent calendar because you have seen this now enough. But we do we have briefed you back um, in September um, in regards to the, the proposed budget. Back on the 3rd, we introduced it, talked about it. Again, we're responding to questions even now this evening in regards to the budget. We're now gonna be considering um, tonight the, the ordinance adopting the budget on first reading, the ordinance that does set the town's mill levy, and then resolutions approving the five-year financial plan and capital improvement plan. We also have a number of kind of auxiliary 
finance related items that you approve either as town council or as a separate board uh, this evening as well. And then if items proceed, they then go on to second reading on, on November the, uh, the, the 7th. I think we've talked about uh, the fact that we budget for one year, we plan for five. We have seen sales tax uh, growth slow down. Uh, we know that that's not, we're not the only community, not only in Colorado, but elsewhere that is seeing a slowdown in sales tax growth. And um, uh, sales tax is just a key for um, some of our basic town operations. Uh, we're budgeting for 400 annual building permits. It's roughly half our historic um, average that has to do with the cost of money, mortgage interest rates. And we're also having to slow down a number of other town programs uh, because revenues are, are, are challenged going forward. Um, you will be considering the town mill levy when uh, Pete Mangers, our assistant finance director, uh, comes up and presents the ordinance in regards to the annual uh, mill levy. You're familiar with the fact that our town charter limits property tax revenue growth to 5.5%. As we're all talking about property tax measures both, both this year, and I think we're gonna be talking about them next year, uh, the property tax revenue growth limit is probably one of the cleanest ways to achieve some, uh, well, quite frankly, some sanity in regards to, to property tax issues. Um, we've had this in our charter since the beginning, since the 1980s. Means that our property tax mill levy is gonna go down because our assessed valuation grew, but you can see that we have almost halved our uh, property tax mill levy in the, in, in the past decade. Um, we've also are following through on the voter direction in regards to the Tabor surplus. We've walked you through this. It's um, extensive in our budget materials as well, where we're putting um, over $2.5 million into transportation work, um, over $2 million into public safety, and $5 million is going toward the Crystal Valley um, interchange. Um, and we do expect to receive um, additional development requests where we'll be getting exactions where those property owners and those developers will pay us back for some of the interchange costs. Just a brief update in regards to Crystal Valley Interchange. Um, I and uh, Tom Reif with our Public Works Department are gonna be up at the Colorado Department of Transportation Transportation Commission tomorrow where the Transportation Commission is gonna be briefed on our transportation demand management strategies for Crystal Valley Interchange. This is a new rule that has been imposed on uh, major projects including um, our interchange, so uh, the Transportation Commission will get that briefing on CVI uh, tomorrow. Significantly, uh, CDOT staff and the CDOT Executive Director are supportive of our program in regards to TDM for the Crystal Valley Interchange, which has been one of the key issues for the project moving forward. And then in November, we hope to get final Transportation Commission approval at their formal meeting in regards to our transportation demand management uh, plan for the project. We're also working our way through some additional requirements from the Federal Highway Administration, and then we do hope that we'll be able to get that project underway. It has been delayed, and delay means that its completion will also be delayed. Um, getting back to town uh, priorities, um, we're adding police officers, adding firefighters, 
starting the design of a new fire station, um, not just doing new things, but we're also having to attend to existing things such as uh, replacing um, emergency radio equipment, which is not inexpensive as well. And you see some additional equipment and operational expenses that grow the, the police department's budget. Um, sales tax is the key for our public safety departments. We continue to be among the most attractive places for police officers and firefighters to work in the front range. That recruitment and that retention is key to providing an excellent service and you see some of the cost items outlined there as well. We're also moving non-public safety employees, the other town employees up as well in regards to merit increases. Um, and you see the staffing that continues to uh, to grow in uh, those departments. And I think this is something that you can be very proud of. Uh, I take some pride in it. I came in 2015 and we continue to uh, put resources on priorities. That's the way I look at, at, at my job to some extent. You tell us what the priority is. The community says what the priority is. We're gonna find ways to get resources there and we continue to, I think, benefit from, uh, from this staffing. Um, one of our other priorities is roads. I've talked a little bit about where Crystal Valley Interchange is and how we hope to get those final state and federal approvals here in the coming weeks and months. We have started uh, construction at Four Corners. Um, we are in the final stages of design and starting property acquisition work at the next project, Crowfoot Valley Road, with the, the, the plan to put that traffic signal in at Sapphire Point, hopefully early in uh, the project. That'll be obviously one of the things that we're gonna be prepared for at the um, uh, uh, open house for uh, Council Member Cavey because that's been a project that's had, had some time coming. Our pavement maintenance program um, reflects the fact that we're having to take money away from our PMP in order to uh, uh, put more money towards public safety. So, uh, but we're still gonna have a good program. It's gonna be concentrated in the west area of, of Meadows, um, and we're gonna to continue to uh, uh, make the best of uh, making sure that our roads are in, are in good shape community-wide. Ridge Road and Plum Creek Parkway, well, I, I drove it over the weekend, and when I see four lanes on both sides, I'm calling that substantially complete. We've probably still got a little bit of work to do, but um, uh, that's been a nice improvement there as well, and you see some uh, right-of-way acquisition as well that's in the budget. Water, Mark's gonna come up here and talk about uh, some of his water projects, but you see the fact that we are increasing um, water rates very similar to what other public water suppliers are having to do to respond to increased uh, uh, costs, both on capital and, and, and operating um, areas. We are gonna start uh, the expansion of the water purification facility or water treatment plant there on, on Plum Creek. We're adding a couple of uh, staff members in uh, the water department as well. And we're not only just adding new things, we're also paying attention to existing um, items in regards to you see stormwater rehabilitation, sewer work, there'll be water work there, uh, water line replacement work there as well. Um, one of our top priorities is parks and recreation. Again, we do have $10 million in the budget, but as we point out, formal approval of this project remains pending. So that is there to uh, uh, reflect the budget in our, in our plans if things go together, but we've still got to meet a number of different approvals in regards to that. One of the main items that I think we are all excited about is the funding that we have in the budget for open space acquisition, more specifically Lost Canyon Ranch. 
where the contract is uh, executed between the conservation fund and the property owner. We'll then be having a contract between the town and the conservation fund. We'll be working with our partners, hopefully with GOCO. Uh, we have a grant application into them uh, for funding and then also funding uh, from the Douglas County open space tax that was just recently renewed that'll provide us funding to be able to acquire that um, property for open space. We're just like we're fixing things in the water department, fixing streets in the um, public works department. We're also gonna be fixing things in the parks and recreation department. Um, and you see that there as well, where we're updating uh, flooring and improving other things, HVAC upgrades. Uh, we're adding a, st uh, a staff person out of the lodging tax and we're um, up increasing our, our fees at uh, the golf course to, to fund some improvements there as well. Supporting economic development is also continued to be funded in the budget. We've got some money to help us with some of the improvements at um, uh, Cantrell School. And we also see not only Cantrell School, but also open space is how we're helping to preserve our, our great community character. Um, that just brings us back to the budget calendar. And I'm happy to respond to questions in regards to the budget and your consideration on first reading for uh, the 2024 budget, and then this is the, the public hearing that is required by law for the budget as well. We've had an open house, we've introduced it, we've talked about it at other open houses, so we wanna be as transparent as possible to the public in regards to where we're putting their resources in the 2024 budget. Happy to respond to questions. Thank you, David. Any questions for David or staff? Seeing none, I have no known, I have known who who assigned to speak, and when wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature, and phone and call to press star three and state your name, whether you are resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to from public comment hearing and bring it back to council for further discussion and a possible motion. I move to approve the ordinance as introduced on first reading. Second. I have a first by Councilmember Dietz, a second by Councilmember Cavey. Any further discussion? Uh, I'd like to say, I know it's a lot of hard work and we've been, you know, we started meeting on this like in May and June and, and keep moving through. So I do appreciate everyone's hard work and, and I know that council has met with everybody on, on sidebars and that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's, it's a lot of work and I think it's also a testament to uh, how hard our, our town works. Um, and I'd be remiss to not thank Trish and Pete and, uh, Carly and, and, and Melissa and uh, Kristen and Matt, all, the whole budget team that's, that's worked hard, all the department heads that have worked hard to, to get us to this point. So thank you. No, thanks again. We do have first and second roll call vote. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Pretem Bracken. Yes. Mayor Gray. Aye. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Moving on to number 15, Ordinance 2023-27, Ordinance Amending Chapters of 3.16, 4.04, 13.12, 13.13, 13.15, and 13.30 of the Castle Rock Municipal Code by changing stormwater development impact fees, uh, renewable water uh, resource fees, water and wastewater system development fees, water and water resources, and stormwater rates and surcharges. Mark Marlow. 
Boy, that's a mouthful. It'd be nice, Mayor and Council, if we could just say Castle Rock water rates and fees. Um, but anyways, um, just a couple of things before I get started. I just wanted to note, uh, if you go back to 2018 and look at 2018 to 2024, in total, over that time period, we've raised rates about anywhere from 55 to 8.3% for a typical residential bill in total. So that's not, not a ton, so that's good news. For system development fees, over that same time period, we've gone up anywhere between 91 to 93%, which shows you how hard we've had to respond to the need to get additional infrastructure and water for that new development, so it's a big deal. The other thing I just wanted to remind folks is we're a cost of service utility. We do an annual rates and fees study to make sure we're being financially responsible. We bring those proposed rates to council every year. One of our strategic goals is to keep rates and fees as low as possible for our residents. We do plan out to 2065. All that said, I want to remind folks that we are transitioning from a non-renewable groundwater system to a fully renewable water supply that's sustainable over the long term. And we're doing that for all of our existing customers and future customers. To date, we've invested about $211 million in that effort, and we're projecting another $453 million through 2065. So big investments. So I want to start with that. Now we'll jump into this. I'm going to go through this fairly quickly because we've seen this once already. As you guys know, our growth forecasts have gone down. They're a little bit higher than what Dave mentioned, only because we have some extraterritorial service areas, Macanta primarily. Um, but still, that's a big change in revenue. We do want to maintain our water capital plan. That's really important. We did see higher than expected growth from 2018 to about 2022. And we want to respond to that by ensuring that we're building additional peak demand capacity, especially while growth is down. So we want to loan money from wastewater to water to maintain that capital plan, build a lot of that infrastructure. As I said before, we want to reduce the catastrophic failure reserve from 2 to 1%. That still keeps us within industry standards. We want to do the same thing in stormwater. Um, we are looking at an additional revenue bond in 2026, about $40 million. But based on what we've looked at, that still keeps us in the top 25% of utilities with the lowest debt-to-asset ratio. Um, so that's a good thing, so showing we're being responsible. Um, we are going to dig into our rate stabilization revenues this year. Um, obviously, we didn't sell anywhere near as much water as we normally do because of all the rain, down about three and a half to four million. We will reimburse all of those reserves for 2024 through 2028 going forward. Um, okay, things that are changing here, Dave already mentioned, so I won't spend a lot of time here. We have two full-time equivalents we're proposing. One is a landscape designer to help folks with Colorado Scape. That's primarily the goal there is to provide additional customer service. And then a SCADA superintendent, um, obviously cybersecurity, control systems, these are all very important issues and we want to strengthen our department in that area. And then you can see what we've got planned in the out years. Lots of projects, lots of major expenditures. Dave referenced one, which is the PCWPF expansion. We will get um, 
some initial pricing from contractors tomorrow, actually. And then we will be bringing a CMAR construction manager at risk contract to council sometime in November or December for your approval to move that project forward. You can see it's a big expenditure, 65.5 is what we have estimated. We've gotten some indications it may actually come in higher than that, but we will see. You can see a lot of other great projects here. You guys are well aware of most of these projects. The only other one I'll call out is we're going to be making significant additional investments in WISE infrastructure between now and 2030. And that work's going to have to start very soon. We have to build a desalinization plant before 2030 as a part of that agreement. Um, so proposed rates and fees for water. Four and a half percent, you can see what this looks like in terms of each of the rates. So the block one, block two, block three, the monthly charge. Um, system development fee, we're asking for a 10% increase. And then I want to, again, call your attention to what we're projecting through 2028. I know I did this last time. I want to make sure people see that. We're projecting rate increases probably for the near term um, for the next four or five years. And that is in part because of the large investments we need to make in water. Um, and also in response, quite frankly, to the increased costs that we're seeing in the market. Um, wastewater, great news on wastewater, continues to be great news, 0%. We're looking at 0% still through 2028. Um, and so that's great news. We do need to continue to raise system development fees, however, for the next plant expansion. So we're looking at 3% there. Um, Stormwater, very similar to water. We're asking for a 4.5%. Um, it's still very small numbers here. We're talking about a 34 cent increase, for example, in 24 um, on a monthly basis. Um, for system development fees, it's a larger amount. We're uh, asking for 3% in Cherry Creek, 10% in Plum Creek, and that's being driven by the fact there's much more development happening in Plum Creek. Um, water resource is the most important one at this point. Um, you can see 7.5% there. Um, you can see what that means on a monthly bill. And then the system development fee increase, again, 3% for the next four or five years. Um, you can see what that looks like, almost a $1,000 increase to the typical um, development. Now, I briefly wanted to just touch on these guys. Didn't touch on these last time, but these are part of our rates and fees. Are we have a number of extraterritorial rates and fees. So, Macanta, um, they pay a 10% surcharge on all of their system development fees, as all as well as all of their customer rates and fees for everything on the water side. And then on the wastewater side, they pay a 25% surcharge on those. And that's all as approved in the intergovernmental agreements to provide service to those areas. For Bell Mountain Ranch, it's a 10% surcharge. As you guys know, they have no wastewater charges because they're on septic systems there. Um, we do charge them a finance charge, as council will remember, because we finance their system development fees with interest over a 30-year time frame. St. Francis of Assisi currently does not pay an extraterritorial surcharge. They are looking for wastewater service 
um, from the town, so that will probably change and we'll bring them up to standard there, um, unless hopefully then maybe they'll look at annexation. But um, Dominion Water and Sanitation District, we provide them transmission of their water supply through the town. So we don't give them any water in that deal, it's just water that comes through the town and we charge them 33 cents per thousand gallons just to move the water through the town. Um, we do have an agreement to sell them water and that is for a very specific amount and they provided that groundwater, we treat it and deliver it to them and that's at a rate of 588 per thousand gallons. Roxboro water, they get, and you guys approved this, we purchased the meadow ditch water rights from them and we got all of the infrastructure in Sedalia and we have a will serve with Roxboro to provide raw water supply. So this is a raw water untreated for $3.20 per thousand gallons. Special charges, these, these are things like transfer fees, late fees, hydrant meter fees. Um, there's been no significant changes to those. We look at those every year based on a cost of service basis. Bulk hydrants, typically used for development, and you can see we, we, we look at those at a one and a half inch meter size and the volumetric rate is fairly high for that, 858 per thousand gallons. And then the bulk station is where people can come fill up tanks and take that water. Now we charge 125% of the max outdoor tier for that water because we do not know for sure if it's being used in the town or outside of town. So we charge an extraterritorial service rate for that water supply. Um, here again, you can just see how we compare. I do know that other water providers are raising rates this year. Denver Water was in the news, for example. You guys saw that. Um, Aurora Water will be going up. Similar numbers to us. Um, Parker Water will be going up. Very similar numbers to us as well. Again, you can see how we compare on system development fees to other um, competitors in our area. And then this is what it looks like for a typical bill for different meter sizes. Uh, again, uh, it's about a 4% increase on the average bill for the typical customer. And uh, as I said before, we took this through Castle Rock Water Commission. We actually met with them on a monthly basis on rates and fees over the course of the whole year, various topics, as, as the mayor knows. So, um, any questions? Questions for Mark? Located. I have a quick one. Uh, Macanta. So the extra fees and charges, obviously, we've been aware of that. Is there any requirement for when people move in there, buy a home, that they have to disclose that to them? There is no requirement that we have. Obviously, not they, us, but I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I am not aware okay. of any requirement that they have. Um, you know, obviously, customers know they're getting service from us. Um, but yeah, I'm not aware of any requirement by the district. It, Councilmember Kevy, it might show up in the title report, but it, you'd really have to know what you're um, IGAs for. and metro districts and those kind of things to be able to decipher that out of the yeah. out of the title report. And it's not going to say, oh, and by the way, you're paying more water. It's going to say something along the lines: there's a uh, Mecano Metro District IGA with the town of Castle Rock. Blah, 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 that yep. maybe has been recorded and yeah, is part of the exactly chain of title. Right. 
but it's not going to say you're going to be paying 10% or 25% right. more for water and sewer from now until eternity. Um, it doesn't say that. It says that in the agreement, but it won't say that in the title report. That's right. But that's that's the only thing that, that I could think of. And, you know, I, I, most people don't pay a lot of attention to a title report. They rely on title insurance. No, oddly enough, this came up again on social media. Yeah. And um, people were talking about it and trying to understand. They didn't, the folks in McCanta didn't understand why their water bill was so much higher. And I didn't, I didn't chime in or say anything, but I was just curious. Well, uh, you know, one of the, certainly one of the things we can do is talk to the district um, about communication with respect to that. We send, so if I go back to all these extraterritorial service agreements, um, we send Macanta, we send Bell Mountain Ranch, we send Dominion, we send Roxborough a letter saying, hey, council dates are these, we're going up on rates and fees, you need to be aware, blah, blah, blah. And so they're made aware of that change. But again, it's up to their essentially local government to inform them of what that means. My guess is they're probably not going to want to inform them. <laughs> well, of, of words of ink and pen, the saddest are these. It, it might have been. Um, I, we, we worked. Staff worked. Just uh, the first two or three years I was here, we worked really hard to convince that developer, which the, it's a different developer now, to annex into the town. Yep. And our requirement was going to be the improvements that we're now getting around to on Crowfoot, because it's going to help safety and do a lot of other good, uh, good things. And the developer at that time sold it to a different developer, and we've worked out this way. And not only do they pay more for water and sewer, they also pay more for um, uh, fire. Yeah. Even though the fire station's across the street. Yeah. Because they they pay the fire district protection district mill levy. Um, so we we tried, but um, it, did, it didn't work. No, no, no. This is not a, mm -hmm. a uh, ding on staff or Mark or mm -hmm. you or anybody. Yeah. It's just I was just curious if yeah. somebody somewhere explains to them what they're getting into when they buy a home there. And my guess was probably no, but I just... I, w I will say one thing just to note, and this, this may um, and be an interesting question for them. They are required to adopt our water rules and regulations on an annual basis. And so I am assuming their district board has to have a discussion on those on an annual basis to adopt those. Um, that is an area that I can follow up on and make sure they are actually doing that in a proactive manner and adopting those rules and regs. We can certainly suggest that at their board meeting they may, may want to discuss rates and fees so that there is at least one outlet for their customers. I would agree with that because I think a lot of people um, had sticker shock. Mm -hmm. And they didn't understand, like, they don't understand what we've talked about mm -hmm. here, about the history of the property, the fact that we wanted to annex it in, the developer said no, or the landowner said no, sold it elsewhere. Like, they don't know, they just go in there and buy a home, right? Yep. And then all of a sudden, they have a bill that's 30% mm -hmm. higher than what I have, and people are like, well, because mm -hmm. they talk to each other, right? Sure. Well, why is my bill so much higher than yours? So, mm -hmm. once again... This isn't anything about us or the town. Mm -hmm. I just saw it going around and was curious. So that might be a worthwhile conversation. I feel bad that people buy something and then all of a sudden, you know, get hammered. Mm -hmm. So anyway, thank you.
Councilmember Dietz. Yeah, Mark, uh, bulk water, that refreshed mine and everybody's memory, that's the tanks that fill up with the fire hydrants for, for development, correct? And that's what there, we're charging there's, them for. There's multiple places okay. that's used, um, and I'll just page back here real quick. Bulk hydrants are typically used for development, construction, like you're talking about, and they put a hydrant meter on a fire hydrant, and then they use that water, and it's metered, and they pay for that. The bulk station is a little different. We actually have a station where people can sign up with us, pay fees, and actually come with a tank and fill up at that station like you would at a gas station almost and take that water wherever they need. That water has typically been used for things like people in the county that may have had a bad well and now they've put in a tank at their house to, to use water that way or it's somebody that's doing some kind of construction work out on a remote site or a road site and they need to fill up a tank and take water out there. As I said, we charge significantly more for that water because number one, we don't get it back as reuse water, which is really important. And number two, we don't know if it's being used in the town or somewhere else. We ask them and we ask them to sign off on that, but you have no way of knowing for sure. And then just to say that Castle Rock water does reach a lot of people in the county and is a great resource for many. Thank you, yes. Any other questions or something for Mark? Um, one thing I wanna say is along the lines of the lower uh, Councilmember Cavey is we all get a lot of emails regarding what is, what is McCant. I get a few a month, you know, asking why is it more expensive or whatever. Same with metro districts and so on and so forth. And I was, I start every conversation with like, you know, please talk to your broker. Please talk to your 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 district, your HOA, your metro before you buy a house in Castle Rock or anywhere for that matter. Um, don't, just know what you're getting into. Um, I have a close friend who just recently moved out of town because he thought he was saving money out of town and realized he's not saving money. And so, um, I think that that's unfortunate. <laughs> so. so so again, again, thanks. Um, uh, we we took this and we had. Uh, did we already do a vote on it? Not a vote, uh, but uh, need to open up for comments. Oh yeah, we'll comments. Okay. Uh, no one, no one who signed up to speak, who would like to speak, please approach the podium. Speak in a microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone in college to press star three. And please state your name and whether you are a resident, non-resident, or a business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, now we'll bring it back to town council for a discussion and a possible motion. Move to approve ordinance number 2023-027 as introduced by title. Okay. Uh, first by Max Brooks and second by Mayor Pro Tim Bracken. <laughs> um, roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deep? Yes. Mayor Bertram Bracken? Yes. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Number 16, Ordinance 2023-28, Ordinance Levying General Property Taxes for the Year 2023 and 2024 Collection for the Town of Castle Rock, Colorado. Pete. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of council. Uh, my first uh, item up to, uh, for approval tonight will be the uh, town uh, ordinance uh, for levying property taxes. 
Uh, the town's taxable valuation uh, for 2023, which are paid in 2024, has increased significantly, as Dave has um, pointed out earlier. Uh, in, because the evaluation has gone up and the taxes are limited to a 5.5% growth, we have to reduce our mill levy. And so now our mill levy has dropped below. We used to say it was one point some mills, and I think we can go to singular now and say it's 0.92 mil without the S. Um, and that has been reduced over the last decade by about 46%. And that might be the old site. Sorry, that's an old site that should have been removed. And at this point, if you have questions, I'm happy to stand for them. Otherwise, I have a motion on the screen for you. Now, uh, any questions for Pete or staff? Um, since we have no questions, I will open it to the public. I have no one's time to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium, speak in a microphone, online you just may use the raise your hand feature and phone and call Express Star 3. And please state your name and whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we're back to town council for a possible discussion and a possible motion. I move to approve the ordinance as introduced by title. Second. I have a first by Laura Cady, a second by Ryan Hollinshead. Um, I'd like to speak in favor of and also thank Pete and the town. Um, unlike uh, other parts of the state, country, and so on and so forth, um, I think that we've done a great job since the 1980s of making sure that your taxes don't, property taxes don't jump higher than 5.5%. Um, I think it's unfortunate that other entities haven't taken this step. Um, and now we're, we're sitting with, you know, property taxes going up 30, 40, 50% in some cases. Um, I know that the the county and the state are trying to do some things for it, um, but this is a relatively painless and easy way to do it, and unfortunately, um, it hasn't been done, but I, my kudos are to this town staff and the town for the last 40 years of doing this. Um, so with that, thank you very much. Roll call vote. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. Yes. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passed unanimously. Thank you. Number 20, Ordinance 2023-29, Ordinance Levying General Property Taxes on behalf of Castle Rock Downtown Development Authority, year 2023. Did I skip any? Yeah. Did I skip one? Oh, I did. I skipped. I'm like, wait, where are we? Oh, geez. There we are. Sorry. Sorry, Kevin. I, I flipped one page too fast. 17 18. Actually, I'm reading these two, um, 17 and 18, in together. Um, resolution 2023-124, resolution approving 2024 to 2028 five-year capital improvement program for the town of Castle Rock. And number 18, resolution 2023-125, resolution approving the 2024-28 um, balanced financial plan for the town of Castle Rock. Now we're back to Dave Cordes. Mayor and Council, these items are going to look... Um Somewhat familiar because they are also included in a portion of your 2024 um, budget. We do have a five-year CIP that stands for Capital Improvement Plan and a five-year balanced financial plan that uh, your town laws and policies uh, require for your review and, and, and consideration. And again, uh, thanks go to Trish and Pete and Carly and, and Melissa and Kristen and Matt for um, all of their work on this, obviously all the, all the departments as well. This is a, an overview of a, a couple of pretty extensive documents that are in your, your package. Um, again, we budget for one year and we plan for five. So you, your direction has been on the one year that, you, uh, that you've adopted on the budget, but these are the five-year planning documents as well. Um, again, the budget reflects priorities. You're familiar with that. We've listened to the community in regards to citizen surveys. 
Um, we've had um, open houses in regards to this as well, so we believe that these priorities continue to reflect um, the appropriate priorities for the for the community. Um, again, the, the, the BFP includes the, uh, the five-year plan for our fire and police departments as one of our top uh, priorities. Notice the, the growth in the cost of those departments. Um, it's not a contest, I like to remind Norris and Jack, but um, they, they um, do require additional resources which we need to continue to work on. And they're obviously very labor intensive and staff driven as you see in the lower slide there as well in regards to the staffing. Again, you've seen this before, but this is part of our, uh, our BFP and then obviously when we, when we talk about police and fire, there are capital items in regards to uh, their, uh, their consideration as well. Um, and you see the, the, the staffing that uh, is in the, the 24 budget that you've just, re, just earlier approved, planned in 25, and then out in, 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 in 26, 27, and, and 28. Again, you're, you're, th this is very helpful from our planning processes, but you're not obviously making final decisions on the years except of what you've previously done in, for 2024. Um, CIP projects. Not too surprising, the projects that you see there towards the top of, of, of the screen as well. And then we, we will be doing um, some uh, right-of-way acquisition for Fifth Street and then continued planning on Wolfensburger. But significantly, Council, we're not gonna have the resources to do a whole lot else in regards to transportation capital projects when we um, are uh, at a slower growth pace because we depend upon impact fee revenue for um, our, our capital projects. Uh, uh, Kristen, Matt, Trish, and, and Pete and I uh, were on a conversation with uh, representatives from uh, Georgetown, Texas um, uh, this afternoon. We've got a lot of similarities to Castle Rock, if you know where they are. They are a suburb of Austin, kind of an exurb, very fast-growing uh, community, a full-service municipality. Um, they have some impact fees but they primarily rely on debt in order to do um, capital projects. If they want to widen the road, they issue debt in a property tax base. Well, we're not going to do that on less than one mil of property taxes. Um, but at some point in the future, we're probably going to be talking in this room about capital projects and the fact that we can't rely on impact fees. We can't rely on transportation impact fees to pay for road projects. So we're going to have to look at another revenue source. And whether it's what Georgetown, Texas does with um, uh, property taxes or something else, but we're, we, we probably will at some point. But we've got these projects. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, get to these and perhaps more um, in the, in the five-year period. Um, you see uh, what I've talked a little bit about in regards to uh, reduced building permits and we, we hit some of the, the key water projects again that you've seen um, in the budget um, as well. There's um, some significant water projects. Again, the Sports Development Center is in the CIP um, from a budget standpoint but not on a formal final approval standpoint. But we are proceeding with construction documents for that facility and then open space as well. Um, you're familiar with the fact that we have to treat our money uh, differently in regards to funds that come from impact fees or system development charges, uh, rates and fees, and then taxes as well. So the, um, the motions this evening are to uh, consider these plans 
and then um, adopt the, the, the five-year CIP, and then also the next motion is gonna be adopting the five-year balanced financial plan. I'm happy to respond to any questions that you may have. Any questions for David regarding number 17 or 18 on the uh, agenda? Seeing none, I will now open it to the public. I have no one time to speak, if someone wishes to speak. Please approach the podium and speak in a microphone or online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and callers and press star three and please state your name, whether you are resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to town council for a possible motion and discussion on number 17 first in the resolution. I move to approve the resolution 2023-124 as introduced by title. Second. I'm a first by Laura Cavey, a second by Tim Dietz. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? Yes. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you very much. Um, we also now have number 18, resolution 2023-125 on the table. I move to approve the resolution 2023-125 as introduced by title. Second. Another first by Laura Cavey, a second by Ryan Hollinshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? Yes. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now we're moving on to number 19, resolution 2023-126, resolution approving the proposed 2024 fiscal year budget for Castle Rock Del Downtown Development Authority. Pete and I think uh, Kevin as well. Did we skip over the Miller's Landing? You'll get that later. Next, okay. Yeah, I'm, I, hi, uh, good, uh, good afternoon again, good evening. Uh, Mayor and Council, just gonna introduce Kevin Tilson, Executive Director of the DDA Board. He's gonna be here to talk about your, the annual budget for 24. Well, good evening, Honorable Mayor and members of Town Council. My name is Kevin Tilson. I'm the Director of the Castle Rock Downtown Alliance. We're a partnership between two organizations, the Downtown Development Authority and the Downtown Merchants Association. And I'm here tonight uh, to present the 2024 proposed uh, DDA budget. So let's see here. Um, as you know, the, the DDA and DDAs around the state have a little bit of a unique budget process where we first present the DDA budget uh, to the DDA board. That process by state statute has to occur before October 15th. This year we introduced the budget on August 30th. Then we present the budget to town council for approval. That's what we're doing tonight on October 17th. And then we will publicly notice um, our budget for public inspection for a week leading up to our DDA board that is planned for no uh, November 9th when we plan to adopt the DDA budget. So in your packet, you will see that uh, you have a budget message uh, from the DDA budget. That budget message talks about uh, the national economy, the, the local downtown economy, and it introduces the DDA budget. And then also in your packet, you will see a copy of the 2024 DDA budget. And I've got a slide right here showing that. So you'll see that um, we present two years of uh, DDA actuals, we present the 2023 budget as approved. 
We also provide a 2023 year-end estimate, and then of course a 2024 uh, proposed budget. The, the columns that are highlighted in gray are the columns that present new data. So you have already seen the 2021 actuals. The 2022 actuals, that is straight from our third party uh, independent audit that occurred this year. And again, as a reminder, we had a, a clean and complimentary uh, audit. And so that, that is where those actuals come from. Uh, again, you, you have a 2023 estimate, year-end estimate, and our 2024 proposed budget. And I thought I would just walk through and highlight just a couple of categories um, in, in that budget. So the first item that you'll see there, our mill levy amount of $215,000. Again, that is just an estimate uh, based on the current uh, values and the mills that we are proposing for next year. But, but again, that'll be certified by the county commissioners at the end of the year. That dollar amount is then handed to the county treasurer, and then they go about collecting those taxes in 2024, and they could collect, uh, collect more or less than, than that amount. Um, the other item that I would point out uh, in our income category of our budget is um, that, that last row there in the income category, the sale of the sprung structure. You will remember that for a number of years, we operated the rink at the Rock in downtown Castle Rock. We operated that ice rink on property that we did not own, property that was leased uh, to us. Um, once that lease expired and we did not have the option to renew that lease, uh, we began work with the property owner who wanted to buy the structure that we owned sitting on their property. And so our goal in the sale of that structure was not to make money with the sale of the structure, but to try to ensure that an ice rink would continue in downtown. And so we structured an agreement where we sold that structure with a payment uh, drawn out over 10 years. And in every year that they operated a rink, we provided them a significant discount if they had uh, operated a rink in the prior year. So, so it was a, a structure of paying $5,000 a year for 10 years, but in any year that they operated a rink, they received a 50% discount on the purchase of that structure. And so you'll see in our 2023 budget there, we had budgeted what we expected would be a $2,500 payment, assuming that they had operated a rink, which they did last year. Um, however, at the beginning of the year, they came to us and said that they wanted to execute their buyout option and, and just purchase the structure outright, which would allow them to then make site plan uh, changes to what they were planning on site. And so we did um, execute that buyout agreement earlier this year, and that is why you will see a $32,500 payment that we have received, and we have transferred ownership to them of that structure. And then for 2024, um, we will not receive uh, any more income for that, for that agreement. Um, as we move down to the expense category, there's just a couple of categories that I thought I would highlight. Um, you will see that we have an increase in our office admin category of about $15,000. Um, as we see uh, mill levy dollars go up, um, so do the treasurer's fees, and the way we account for those fees um, is a very transparent process. Even though those fees are withheld with the transfer of our mill levy dollars, we account for those dollars as coming in and then going out as fees, and therefore we have to budget for them. And so as those go up, um, you'll see that a budget, um, our budget has increased in that particular category. I would also like to jump down to our three programs categories and just point out that we do continue to um, plan for a, a trolley program next year, a growing and very successful trolley program. 
We've had record ridership uh, as we've sort of piloted that program here in 2023 and a little bit in 2022. Um, we're also planning to do carriage rides. We plan to continue with our facade improvement program. And then in our flower box and, and patio uh, program category. This is really a downtown beautification category, and you'll see that we've bumped that up just a little bit to $82,000. Um, everything that we do with that program has gotten more expensive, fr from labor to materials to even just watering the flowers. And, and so that is why we've increased that category. And then the last two categories that I, I wanted to highlight are, are kind of exciting for us in that we might have the ability to actually invest in some streetscape uh, next year. And so we've talked about this for a number of years. As you know, we um, brought a, a streetscape palette document that, that kind of uh, guides us on consistent use of downtown uh, streetscape materials. And um, we've had some very preliminary discussions with both the DDA board and a little bit with the town. And so we have budgeted a little bit more in our capital and our contingency expenses categories in hopes that next year we might have the opportunity to partner with the town and invest in some of that town right-of-way um, area that you see up and down Wilcox where we currently have some, some mulch and evergreen uh, material. And, and we think that there are some, some better treatments that we might be able to implement. And hopefully that partnership reduces costs to the town because the DDA is a partner in that and would share in those expenses. Um, so that's something that we hope to do by budgeting for it. We're certainly not um, approving that we would go spend those dollars, but, but certainly something that's exciting for us to be able to partner with the town and, and do. Um, and then, and then lastly, I would, I would just wrap up by saying we very much appreciate the partnership that we have with the, the town of Castle Rock. Um, I think good DDAs have to have a good partnership with the towns that they, they interact with. And, and part of that uh, depends on a strong relationship with all seven council members and the DDA. So I would certainly invite all of you that if you have feedback, if you have concerns, if you have ideas about the direction we should be going in downtown, please reach out to me. Um, that would be a top priority meeting for me to meet with any council member to discuss downtown. I would also invite you to attend any of our DDA board meetings um, <clears throat> and, and listen to um, the things that we talk about, the things that we're planning for, and, and provide your feedback uh, there. Um, with that, I'll, I'll wrap up and, and answer any questions that the council might have. Any questions for Kevin Tilson or staff? Thank you, Kevin. Uh, no one signed up to speak from public. No one, no one signed up to speak. If no one wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in a microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and call to press star three. And please say your name, whether you are resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing no, we're that back to town council for a possible motion and discussion. Move to approve resolution 2023-126. Second. Had a first by Max Brooks, a second by Ryan Hollingshead. Any further discussion? Thank you. Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Portem Bracken. Yes. Mayor Gray. Aye. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Number 20, Ordinance 2023-29, Ordinance Levying General Property Taxes on behalf of Castle Rock Downtown Development Authority, fiscal year 2022 to be collected in 2024. Kevin. Well, good evening. This next item 
um, is our annual mill levy certification for the Downtown Development Authority. Um, as you know, and we've, we've talked about in, in uh, meetings past, um, the, the DDA was created with a vote of the taxpayers in the district. It, it was born out of the Downtown Advisory Commission's uh, multiple year sort of planning committee that was made up of council members, um, residents, downtown business and property owners, and, and town staff. And, and out of that meeting was born the idea to create a DDA. At the time, town council put forth those ballot measures to the taxpayers to see if that is something that they wanted to create. And if it was something that they wanted to create so bad that they were willing to tax themselves. Um, it, it really was a win-win a relationship. It brought a new funding source uh, to the table that in a partnership could relieve uh, perhaps the town general fund if those are um, expenses that the general fund would otherwise undertake. And, and it also built a partnership where the, the property owners in downtown and the business owners could have a, a seat at the table and a stake in creating a more vibrant downtown. Um, so when it passed, they voted to approve three mills in the downtown district. And this is not a mill levy that generally fluctuates. Most DDAs across the state don't change their mill levy. Um, I would also point out that um, while we have seen very dramatic increases in property values in Douglas County and across the state, largely that has been driven by residential home increases. And we don't have a ton of residential homes in downtown. So while many of the districts in Douglas County increased 30, 40, even 50%, um, the DDA went up just over 10%. And, and we've actually had uh, fluctuating values throughout our existence where over time we only average an increase of about 3.2%. So, so under the 5.5% that the town charter limits the town to. We are um, exempt from that town charter um, limit, but, but I would argue that that was a very specific uh, motion that the town council made when they put forth that ballot measure because they knew that we were, we, we were different. Um, we've actually had multiple years where we have decreased in some years of our existence as much as 17% uh, down. Um, however, we did see an increase in this prior year. Um, we did attend the taxing summit that was recently organized by Douglas County, um, where they encouraged taxing districts to temporarily reduce their mill levy because of the significant increases that we are seeing. Um, in addition, Douglas County has also removed 4% of assessed value across the board from all districts. Um, when they removed that 4%, it impacted the DDA, but only a little, a little bit because, again, we don't have a ton of residential homes in, in, in downtown Castle Rock. So all of that to say, um, we attended this meeting. A number of districts stood up and talked about how they planned to temporarily reduce their mills. And so yesterday, the DDA board uh, met in advance of this meeting and discussed this issue, and they have made a decision that um, they want to recommend to town council, it is your decision, um, a temporary reduction in our mills. Um, because again, we are a part of a, a larger effort in Douglas County to reduce the taxpayer burden. And so we're recommending a reduction in mills temporarily to 2.905. And I have included in your packet a letter of recommendation and also a resolution that um, explains the authority by which we hope to um, 
uh, recommend that recommend that temporary reduction in mills. And so with that, um, that is our recommendation, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that the council might have. Thank you very much. Uh, Laura Cavey. When you say a temporary reduction in mills, is that for one year, five years, three years? We are, we are planning for one year. Okay. What, what do you think that equates to in terms of a savings for the taxpayers? Well, we recognize we're a small district and a very st small mill levy. So our, our thought is that every little bit helps. And again, we want to be a part of the larger effort whereby if, if all of the districts or many of the districts undertake this, um, a little bit can add up. Um, for us, it would end up being about $22,000 um, because of the mill levy and the mill levy match. Um, but the board still felt that that was an important thing to do. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think that, you know, in the grand scheme, like you mentioned, every, every, little, bit, every little bit helps, so I do appreciate it. Um, I, I want to open this up to the public. I have no one's time to speak. If someone wishes to speak, please approach the podium. And speak in the microphone, and online users may use the raise your hand feature. And please uh, state your name, whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we're back to town council for a possible motion and discussion. I move to approve ordinance number 2023-029, levying general property taxes on behalf of the Castle Rock Downtown Development Authority for the year 2023 to be collected in 2024, first reading. Second. I think that was uh, Ryan Holland said first and Tim Dietz second. Any further discussion? Uh, just to echo your yep, comments from earlier before, I appreciate your leadership in this. I understand that it's not a tremendous amount, but it just shows that you are, uh, that you're aware of the issue. You're aware of the, the issue that's facing property owners across the board from tax collecting entities and very much appreciate your leadership and being part of the solution. Thank you. Yeah, agreed. I think that, you know, this is a time where sometimes, um, uh, government authorities, whether it's us or others, can look uh, can feel tone deaf to the room, and I think that that, that proves that you're not. Um, that you, even though it's not a ton of money, it proves that you're actually looking at it and saying, "How can we help, or at least um, help people understand that, that we want to help?" So I do appreciate it. Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember Lafleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Council. Member Dietz? Yes. Mayor Potem Bracken? Yes. Mayor Gray? Aye. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Moving on to the Miller's Landing Business Improvement District to bid items uh, 21, resolution 2023-127, resolution approving proposed 2024 fiscal year operating plan and budget for Miller's Landing Business Improvement District. Pete. Good evening again, uh, Mayor and Council. Uh, now we have a long stretch of uh, listening to my voice. I'll try to make it as painless as possible for you here. Um, obviously today we have in front of you uh, for approval um, the 2024 operating plan and budget for Miller's Landing. Uh, back in 2017, the town approved a plan development and you are a plan for, with Miller's Landing with a revenue share back of 100% of the property tax. <clears throat> and about 70% uh, and 70% of the sales tax. Uh, and this was in exchange for a first class hotel, mixed use office and retail, and then remediation of an old mill levy. Uh, the landfill has been remediated and at this point there's been no additional improvements to date. 
Uh, the 2024 plan and budget falls within the required, uh, requ excuse me, the requirements in the public finance agreement and staff recommends the resolution as written. Any questions for Pete? Um, I'll open this to the public. I have no one's time to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium, speak your microphone. Online, you just may raise your hand feature and phone as callers can press star three. And please state your name, whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner. Thank you. No, right. Um, thanks again, Pete. I mean, it's more of the same, so but we do appreciate the update. Um, it's a bummer there's no changes right now, but at the same time, um, no negative changes. That, 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 uh, that helps as well. Uh, we'll bring it back to town council for possible motion discussion. I move to approve resolution number 2023-127 as introduced by title. Second. I have a first by Laura Cavey, a second by Max Brooks. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? It was yes. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Now we recess the town of Castle Rock to Urban Authority Board meeting and Festival Park Commons General Improvement District. That time is now 7.27 and the town council will now recess for Urban Renewal Authority Board meeting and Festival Park Commons General Improvement District Board meeting and we'll reconvene afterwards. We are adjourned. Um, the meeting of the Castle Rock Urban Renewal Authority Board and ask for a clerk for roll call. Okay, Commissioner Hollingshead. Here. Commissioner Cavey. Here. Commissioner LaFleur. Here. Commissioner Brooks. Present. Commissioner Dietz. Here. Vice Chair Bracken. Here. Chair Gray. Here. All are present. Thank you. Um, action items number one is the URA minutes approval of September 2022 minutes 2023-1. Uh, I'll set the motion. So moved. Second. Uh, moved by uh, Commissioner Cavey and second by Commissioner Hollingshead. Um, any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Commissioner Hollingshead. Aye. Commissioner Cavey. Yes. Commissioner LaFleur. Lower, sorry, Commissioner Brooks. Aye. Commissioner Dietz. Here. Vice Chair Bracken. Yes. Chair Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. And present. Thank you. Uh, number two, URA resolution adopting the 2024 fiscal budget for the Castle Rock Urban Renewal, Renewal Authority. Pete. Good evening, Chair and Commissioners. This may, there may be a reoccurring theme throughout the night as we go through and, and turn our hats around and become board members and then back to council members again. So bear with me if you, if you can. I'd like to present the 2024 uh, um, Castle Rock Urban Renewal Authority budget. Um, we have a total of uh, $36,555 in expenses budgeted for 2024, very similar or almost identical to prior year's budget um, with uh, um, contributed services and uh, a small town fee c contributing to the revenue side of that. Uh, basically, you know, it's, it's been very, uh, a bare bones budget. It's going to continue to be until we see some activity over there. And uh, we are, I'm uh, here to ask for, uh, or answer any questions. Otherwise we would recommend moving forward with the 2024 budget. 
Laura Cavey. Pete, would you do one? Do me a favor. There's a lot of people that don't know what this is. Sure. So would you mind explaining? We have people in the room and then people who might come back and listen at some point. Would you explain what the Castle Rock Urban Renewal Authority is? I would love to, uh, Commissioner. I think what I will do first is maybe hand that off to our esteemed uh, town manager to go into a little more detail. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so um, about um, seven years ago, um, well, actually, it predates that. Um, about nine years ago, the community uh, was impressed upon the fact that we had an old landfill site there off of Plum Creek Parkway that was not allowing that property to be appropriately developed. We were then approached by a development group that indicated that they would remove the landfill, but that that was a substantial financial detriment to them. So they asked for the creation under Colorado state law of an urban renewal authority. And as a, as a theme in a lot of economic development um, projects, the incentive is a tax increment. You have taxes that exist before the property is redeveloped, and then hopefully tax revenue that comes afterwards. Property taxes increased in value because buildings are built, sales taxes generated on property that obviously doesn't generate any sales tax now. In order to capture the property tax from other taxing jurisdictions, one of our themes, of course, this evening is, is that we don't have very much property tax as a town, but we are able under state law to capture the property tax increment of other taxing jurisdictions. So the county, the library district, the school district doesn't get the property tax increment, that increase, when this property redevelops. Instead, it comes back to the Urban Renewal Authority that then can provide it to the development and they can use that as a revenue source to help them with their redevelopment. In order to do all of this, we have to create this authority, this Urban Renewal Authority. You could create it and have it be a different, a different group. The decision was made that no, it would be the elected officials of Castle Rock as the governing body of the Urban Renewal Authority. State law requires us to meet annually. That's what you're doing this evening. So you're, you know, it's kind of like you control your chair or you can just blink your eyes and suddenly you're urban renewal commissioners as opposed to town council members, which is what we're going through this evening. But we're acting as this board right now to approve last year's minutes and receive the annual report. And as Pete points out, there's no activity. If there would ever be activity, you would want to then be presented with appropriate financial statements that would show the revenue coming in, what it was going to be expended for, and approving all of those, uh, those disbursements, all of those things. Right now, nothing has happened. The, the good news is, and I think the community knows this, is, is that the property owners have successfully removed the landfill so that the property no longer has that that detriment. They, they moved the landfill to another landfill and they successfully did that a few years ago. I think you all know that the, the management of the property is under different hands now. It still has the same ownership. The, the Crown family out of Chicago, very successful firm and family and, and redevelopers, but they've not been able to move the, uh, the property forward. So it's a very, very good question because you're right. There's a lot of people that 
We'll wonder, we, we occasionally see the signs change there. They've been doing a little bit of stormwater work. Actually, it's not just a little, it's costly stormwater work up there improving the site. But there's been no redevelopment movement on that. Very likely that any redevelopment uh, projects would obviously have to come back with you with approvals. Maybe changes to a development agreement, we don't know. You all would be the final deciders in regards to any land use use up there and any changes in the redevelopment agreement. Happy to respond to any questions. Nope, I just appreciate that. I'm sure people had no idea what we were talking about, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Any questions for Pete? Seeing none, I'll open this to the public. I have no one signed up to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium, speak in the microphone. And online users may use raise your hand feature and phone and callers and press star three and please state your name and whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Thank you. Bring it back to town count or sorry, bring it back to the commissioners um, for a uh, discussion and a possible motion. I move to approve resolution number 2023-001 as introduced by title. Second. I have a first by Laura Cavey, a second by Ryan Hollinshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Commissioner Hollingshead? Aye. Commissioner Cavey? Yes. Commissioner LaFleur? Aye. Commissioner Brooks? Aye. Commissioner Deeds? Yes. Vice Chair Bracken? Yes. Chair Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. The time is now 7.37. I'll set the motion to adjourn a cast off renewal board authority. <laughs> second. Uh, first by Vice Chair uh, uh, Bracken and a second by Chair Commissioner um, Laura Cavey. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Commissioner Hollingshead? Aye. Commissioner Cavey? Yes. Commissioner LaFleur? Aye. Commissioner Brooks? Aye. Commissioner Dietz? Yes. Vice Chair Bracken? Yes. Chair Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. We are adjourned. Much smoother than last year, Mayor. <laughs> Festival Park Commons General Improvement District. I'll now call the order meeting of Festival Commons Festival Park Commons General Improvement District Board. Roll call. Here. Yes. Here. Board Member Brooks. Present. Board Member Dietz. Here. Vice Chair Bracken. Here. Chair Gray. Here. All Here. present. Thank you. Um, action items, first one is the um, Festival Park Commons minutes approval for September, September 20th, 2022 minutes. I'll, I'll accept the motion. So moved. Second. First by Laura Cavey, a second by Ryan, Ryan Hollingshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote. Board Member Hollingshead? Aye. Board Member Cavey? Yes. Board Member LaFleur? Aye. Board Member Brooks? Aye. Board Member Dietz? Yes. Vice Chair Bracken? Yes. Chair Gray? Yes. Thank you. Number two, Federal Public Commons um, resolution adopting the 2024 um, Year budget, the town of Castle Rock Festival Park Commons General Improvement District. Pete. Good evening, chairs and members of the board. Now, thank you for turning your hats around one more time. Only one more to go. Um, uh, basically, wanted to, to present to you the budget and the mill levy uh, at this time for the Festival Park Commons 
general improvement district. Um, we currently are assessing 45 mills on this area. Uh, the the GID budget is proposed to be $378,772. Uh, that money is going to be used to pay back, uh, or a part of that, that money is going to be paid, used to pay back the bonds, not all of them. Obviously, we have other revenue sources going into that. But this is the purpose uh, for the uh, the GID, is to, to generate this revenue to help pay back the, the COPs for the parking garage that is right next to the Encore project building. Uh, and at this point, that will be our budget and our, our mill levy presentation. And staff would recommend approval of both uh, as written. And I'll stand for, I'll try to answer any questions. Um, Councilmember Dietz. Sorry, board member Dietz. It's better than I've been called other things. So. Who, who primarily pays the 45 mills? Where is that assessed to? Sure, that is going to be assessed on the businesses and the homeowners in the Encore property. Board member. Thank you. Any more questions for Pete? Laura Cavey? Dave knows what I'm going to ask. I'll be happy to provide some yeah. background um, on this project. When the, the original um, proposal for redevelopment was, uh, was discussed for redevelopment to the south, it was with a, a different um, developer that at one time it, it was calling the project Festival Park Commons and uh, the confluence companies had not landed on the, the label Encore, so that's why you see that uh, that word Festival Park Commons. When you see that phrase, you really need to just think of, of Encore. The reason why the Encore development exists is because the town agreed to do a number of things in exchange for allowing that project to proceed. We put in land. Um, we also put in a revenue-sharing uh, program for sharing the property tax and sales tax generated. But we required that the development generate enough revenue to pay for 308 public parking spaces. Otherwise, we would not have done the project. The liquor store and the two oil change places would not have been redeveloped into the development that you see here to the south. We wanted the development to pay for public parking. And so we constructed a, uh, a program, and Kevin is here as well, and the, the downtown development authority is obviously a key part of this, um, of this program, to develop a revenue stream that would generate enough revenue to pay for the town's ability to purchase 308 parking spaces. The cost for that was, a, was in the neighborhood of $10 million, and that neighborhood's not very friendly for financing, so the financing of that is almost $9 million over 30 years. So it's not an inexpensive proposition to have acquired those 308 parking spaces. And we had to have four different revenue streams in order to pay for that. And we felt very strongly that we did not want to take money from the town's general fund or the transportation fund. You all have been briefed on those revenues and those expenditures there. We didn't want to take money that would compete from our general fund priorities of public safety and park maintenance, nor from our transportation fund, fixing roads and enlarging roads. We wanted the development to pay for the project. So that's why we said that we have to have enough revenue to, to make the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the P&I statement on that and the, the, the principal and interests Right now we're paying about, 
we're about well we we fronted some of the because it obviously didn't generate some revenue at first. It's about 389, and then it eventually grows to about 814 thousand dollars a year to make the the annual payments um, on on the project. So we've got three different revenue sources. We've got a property tax TIF, and again, remember the definition of TIF. That's the new property tax that's generated on the property. Had three, I would I would say modest commercial buildings. Now it's got 120 some condos, and then the first floor retail that you see generating property tax. Then we have a sales tax increment. We know, I look out the window and they're selling some expensive margaritas and there's some other great restaurants that are hopefully being profitable as well. They're generating some sales tax um, and, and we're, we're, we're getting a portion of that. The developer's getting a portion of both the property tax and the sales tax. Then in addition to that, the, prop, the, the Encore imposed on all of the sales tax a public improvement fee, a PIF, which attorneys like to point out is not a tax, but it looks like a tax because it acts like a tax because it's an additional tax, a 1% tax on all of the sales tax. We get that revenue, but the most significant revenue source we get is this GID revenue, General Improvement District Revenue. And it's a special district that a property owner or property owners can agree to establish to pay for a public improvement the 308 public parking spaces, that then pays for those parking spaces over time. And the way to do that is the 45 mills that the developer committed to in the development agreement. And that revenue will be then the basis of our ability in good years and bad years, sales tax goes up, sales tax goes down, to be able to pay off the, the debt for the, the public parking garage. And that's why we have this 45 mills that established for the, the, the property. Um, we think it's important that we stay at that 45 mills. The, the property values there obviously have transitioned like a lot of other property values. They've, I hope they're probably stabilized. Maybe they'll ratchet down as property changes and things like that, but it, it will probably continue to grow. That's why we have that, that, that 45 mills and you see what it, what it generates there in, in, in terms of revenue doesn't pay for the, um, the town's responsibility to pay the HOA dues on the parking garage. And we use DDA special fund revenue to pay our portion of the dues that maintain the parking garage, clean it, paint it, pay the lights, do all those other things as well. This is just paying the capital cost of the uh, 308 public parking spaces. So, and again, it was all following the theme that got started with this proposal that we'll do all of these things in town, you'll get public parking as part of the deal. And that's what we have received and um, it works well. Some people think we don't have enough parking spaces, but it's limited by the height of the building at 308 public parking spaces. I'm happy to respond to questions on that. That's a, it, we've, we've had to explain this to a number of people. We've had to explain it to some people that live at Encore. What is this? They've looked, they've looked at their property tax statement and they see all of these taxes. What is this? That's what this is. It's a general improvement district tax that we levy in order to pay our debt obligation for the public parking. Any further, any further questions for Dave or staff? 
Seeing none, I will open the public. No one has known someone to speak and wishes to speak. Please approach the podium, speak to the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone in college and press star three and please state your name, whether you are resident, non-resident, or business owner. I do I see one person coming up. Sorry, I don't need to start again, do I? Um, so I, I respect it. I'm not here to say I disagree. I love living there. It's worth the money to me. I would like to be able to inspect the budgets that are involved. I don't seem to have access to the budgets. If I do, just help me. Help me find it. Point me. That's, that's my request, my ask. I'd like to see the four budgets that are involved. Thank you, Adrian. I'm sure staff can get back to you. Thank you, staff. Pete, David. Yeah, we have, we'll be happy to do that for Mr. Sweeney or anybody else. Thank you. We also have Chuck. Mayor, Council, Chuck Coker. I live across the hallway from uh, Mr. Sweeney. Just one comment, you should know this. This 45 mil levy is the largest single line item on my tax bill, more than schools. That's all. Thank you, Chuck. Any further comment from the, David? Just want to point out to Chuck and Adrian is that unlike the schools, when this is, when, the, when we've paid off our COPs, the mill levy goes away. It'll be a while, but yeah. Yeah, it'll, be a, it'll be a while, but when, when, this is a single purpose um, entity. Once we've paid off our COP obligation, we will dissolve the GOD, we'll dissolve the mill levy, and um, we'll be on our own. And there's no metro district next door, is there? there there's not, there, there's not a metro district in downtown, no. Right. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Any more? Uh, and, and we'll get, we'll be happy, Adrian, I'll be happy to show you the the uh, the the pro forma and where we keep track of the money on on the on the gig. Thank you, staff. I have no one else signed to speak, or actually, no one signed to speak. Anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium. If not, please uh, online users maybe use the raise your hand feature and phone and call to press star three. Thank you, Shannon. Seeing now, bring back to town council. Or sorry, the uh, who are we now? Board. Board. We'll bring back to the board. Move to approve resolution 2023-001 as introduced by title. Second, and I'd like to speak to the motion, Mayor. Sure. I have a first uh, from uh, Board Member Brooks, a second from uh, Board Vice Chair, uh, Mayor, Bo Mayor, and Mayor Vice Bo Chair <laughs> Bracken, and he's going to speak. Uh, yeah, and so the, the that um, that price tag to the town was was ten million dollars, correct, Dave? It, yes, sir. It, it was so. It was ten million dollars to be able to have the developer construct and build, and um, and then in the effort to pay off that that in bonds. This is 
the, the exact discussion. So um, just to be just to be clear, um, there's going to be several of those type of projects coming out with the with the Dawson project as well. So um, to be able to pay for that in infrastructure, the folks that are go going to want to move in there are going to have to pay for that pay for that development and those projects. And um, otherwise, we go to the ballot and we put the put money on the ballot to, to raise for infrastructure. And as we know, that's probably not going to pass. So that's why we have this board. Max Brooks? Uh, by all intents and purposes, it is a metro district, right? I mean, you, yeah, the metro district uh, in which I live, you know, that is easily twice the amount that I pay to the school district. So, yeah, I, I, I understand that. I'm still paying the general obligation bonds that were pulled to build the infrastructure in my neighborhood. More than twice what I what goes to the school district, so um, it's, it's a little bit of a different name, but essentially the same thing. Lord Katie, no, anybody else? And uh, we do have a, a first and a second roll call vote, please. Board Member Hollingshead, aye. Board Member Katie, yes. Board Member Lafleur, aye. Board Member Brooks, aye. Board Member Dietz, yes. Vice Chair Bracken, yes. Chair Gray, yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Looking to number three on the Festival Park Commons resolution, um, levying general property taxes on the town of Castle Rock Festival Park Commons General Improvement District for the year 2023 to be collected in 2024. Pete. Uh, thank you, Chair and Board. Uh, I have a motion on the uh, screen here for the mill levy as we have discussed in the prior presentation. Any, any questions for Peter staff? Seeing none. I will the public. I have no one signed to speak. If you would like to speak, please approach the podium and speak in a microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone in college press star three. And please state your name, whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing no, we'll bring back town council for a possible motion and discussion. I move to approve resolution 2023-002, GID 2023 Mill Levy. I have a first by uh, board member Cavey and a second by uh, vice board vice chair board member uh, Bracken. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Board member Hollingshead. Aye. Board member Cavey. Yes. Board member Lafleur. Aye. Board member Brooks. Aye. Board member Dietz. Yes. Vice chair Bracken. Yes. Chair Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. The time is now seven. Uh, 53, uh, it's the motion to adjourn the Vessel um, Park Commons General Improvement District meeting. So moved. Second. First by Board Member Cavia, second by Board Member Hollingshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Board Member Hollingshead. Aye. Board Member Cavia. Yes. Board Member LaFleur. Aye. Board Member Brooks. Aye. Board Member Deeds. Yes. Vice Chair Bracken. Yes. Chair Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. We are adjourned. Now we will, the town council meeting will reconvene and the public comment will be taken on items that are limited to four minutes per speaker. Council will also be accepted comments submitted online at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today being included in public record. Number 22, resolution 2022-128, resolution ratifying the 2024 fiscal budget and mill, level for, mill levy for Town of Castle Rock Festival Commons General Improvement District. Pete. Good evening, Mr. Mayor and members of council. Um, 
This information may look very familiar, uh, very similar to what we've just presented to the board. Uh, we have uh, 45 uh, mills proposed for the 24 mill levy, 378,000, almost uh, $379,000 would be the revenue for the budget, very bare bones budget. Uh, staff recommends approval of the resolution as written. Any questions for Peter staff? I have no time to speak. If someone wishes to speak, please approach the podium. Speak in a microphone online. You just raise your raise your hand feature, and on, and online people can use their hand feature, and they can press star three. And the resident, non-resident, business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, bring back to town council for a possible motion and discussion. I move to approve resolution number 2023-128, ratifying the 2024 Town of Castle Rock Festival Park Commons General Improvement District Budget and Levying General Property Taxes for the year 2023 for 2024 collection for the Town of Castle Rock Festival Park Commons General Improvement District. Woo. Second. <laughs> I have a first by Councilmember Cavey, a second by Councilmember Deeds. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Portembracken. Yes. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. And I appreciate everyone's work on that. I mean, it seems tedious and drawn out, um, but it is something we have to do and we actually should do, so I do appreciate it. Looking to the agenda, new, number 23, ordinance 2023-30, ordinance re, um, repealing and reenacting art, Article 2 of Chapter 3.04 of Castle Municipal Code regarding sales tax and amending various provisions of Article 3, 3.04 of the Castle Rock Municipal Code regarding use tax. Pete. Thank you, Mr. Mayor and members of council. This will be my last item for tonight. So. Thank you for your patience as we go through changing hats and changing chairs. So, I wanted to briefly talk to you about our sales tax simplification and our sales tax code uh, re repeal and reenact uh, of, of our sales tax code. So, um, in the past, uh, we had referenced the state code, and we have not really touched our sales tax code since about 2003 as we went to, and kind of went home rule self-collective from the state of Colorado. Uh, there's been a lot of revisions in the state code, which kind of made our code a, a little uh, burdensome and confusing. So what we're doing is what, what about 55 other municipalities have done here in the, in the recent uh, handful of years, which is to simplify their code. And the purpose of doing this uh, and it's, is to ease the burden on our taxpayers, specifically our local businesses. If they wanted to branch out into other jurisdictions or other municipalities, these changes are going to make it easier for them to file and understand our tax code. We are coming up with, a, we are uh, enacting our standard definitions across the state. So when I talk about software and whether, and, and, and forgive me, I'm a sales tax nerd, so I can go on for hours. And I'll try not to get way down into the weeds. But if we're going to talk about a definition of what software means, so that, that definition of software now means the same thing in the town of Cass Rock that it would mean in Denver, that it would mean in Fort Collins, et cetera. Uh, in prior years, prior to this uh, movement, uh, it, they could have meant different things, which became a little bit of a burden for our taxpayers. So this is going to be easing that burden on filing and remitting and understanding tax law across the state of Colorado. Uh, another big issue that we would like to point out is there are no Tabor issues. The tax base does not change. The rate does not change. So what we taxed, Yesterday, if approved by council, we will tax and the rate will be the same as tomorrow or after the approval. So there is no uh, increase or, or broadening of base or increase in, in rate. Um, 
the, 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 again, the, the major purpose of this is to simplify this for multi-municipal businesses across the state of Colorado, at least the metro area specifically. I said there's, I think it's 55 out of 70. It may have gone up one or two. People are still enacting uh, these changes into their code. Uh, about 55 other municipalities to date have adopted these definitions. Uh, and, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what uh, marketplace fairness and economic nexus is, and we can touch on that a little bit as well. Maybe leaning on our esteemed colleague and, and our town attorney to, to help uh, talk about that a little bit more. But the purpose of this ordinance, again, was to simplify our definitions and exemptions and to standardize the means of remitting for our out-of-town retailers to the town that they collect. Um, currently, right now, uh, the, the physical presence or a brick, basically like a brick-and-mortar store is kind of the um, standalone or requirement or, or the, the, the bright-line test to whether or not we collect, require someone to collect tax. With the change of, and I think we've all heard of the Wayfair case in the, in the Dakotas, uh, and how uh, tax, uh, the, the way tax is going to be applied and collected, the requirement has changed on that. We're going to be enacting some of that as well. And this is all through the Colorado Municipal Leads Model Ordinance of Economic Nexus and Marketplace Facilitators. To do that, we have to join, in part, the state's single point of remittance portal. That is part of the requirement of the Wayfair case from, from, the, from Dakota. And what that does is it, it uh, will help remote sellers without physical presence remit to our town. That is a requirement of the Supreme Court and it's not something that the town of Castle Rock has changed. We are enacting this as we are allowed to by this court case. Uh, we, we do see that there will be some, excuse me, we do see that there will be some revenue increase, but it's is considered de minimis or, or not, uh, not critical. And I think if we, need, if we want some further clarification on that, our attorney can, can talk a little bit about a court case that talks about that. But what we're asking for here is to simplify our tax code, make it look very similar to what some of the other jurisdictions, most of the other jurisdictions in the metro area and across the state are doing, which will ease the burden of our taxpayers. At, uh, at this point, again, we're trying to kind of give you a, a 35,000 foot flyby view here, uh, but the, the, the biggest, uh, I think the biggest point I would like to make is we have not broadened the base. We would not be broadening the base. What was taxed yesterday will be taxed if approved tomorrow. Sa same thing, nothing will be added to it and the rate will not change as well. All of that would still have to be uh, approved by our citizens. So, and I can stand for questions and I'll do my best to answer those. Any questions for Pete? I don't have any questions, but I have it at the comments later on. Um, I will not open to the public. I have no one uh, saw the sent to speak. If someone wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in your microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone in calls to press star three. And please state your name and whether you are resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to town council for possible discussion and a motion. Move to approve ordinance 2023-030 as ordinance as introduced by title. Second. Uh, first by Max Brooks, a second by Councilmember Holland said, um, any further discussion? I just wanted to say thank you. Um, it, as a retailer in town, and we do um, a number of mailings up and down the uh, front range as well as um, actually, we have no, anything international, but we do a lot of things um, countrywide. And it, the, uh, makes, it just streams like a little bit. We don't do a ton of it, but we do enough of it. It's a, it's a hassle to categorize it differently. And so I, do, I, do, I think I appreciate that. It's going to make small businesses that do some work outside of Castle Rock um, a little easier. Also, of course, with the Wayfire, Wayfair stuff, would be a lot easier to collect from other people who are doing business in Castle Rock remotely. So I do appreciate it. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. 
Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? Oh, um, Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes 6 0. Thank you. And thanks, Pete, for all your work tonight. It is Pete, right? <laughs> uh, ordinance number 24, or sorry, agenda item number 24, ordinance 23 31, ordinance approving the agreement between ACM Dawson Trails, um, the 8th um, JV LLC, Town of Castle, and exchange properties between two entities and grant a temporary easements in the town to facil facilitate the construction of Crystal Valley Interchange Project. Oh, thank you. Apologize, it's the first time I've been with the town for three months, my th first time presenting a town council here, so. Um, so this is just basically approving a land swap with uh, between Dawson Trails and the town um, for the Crystal Valley Interchange. This land swap will, swap will enable the um, town to construct the uh, Crystal Valley Interchange uh, improvements on the west side of I-25 and it will also uh, improve the situation, um, allow a little bit more developable land for uh, Dawson Trails. Um, you're familiar with the, the area of Crystal Valley Interchange located on the uh, south side of, of town here. Um, this is the kind of the media we're talking about today, the area of the land swap. Um, so this, um, let me just, here we go. So this uh, brown area that just came up is um, area in um, easement that will be uh, provided to the town by Dawson Trails Development. Um, this will enable uh, construction of such things as uh, uh, sedimentation ponds. Um, there will also be this yellow area, which is public right-of-way that will be granted to the town from Dawson Trails which will enable construction of the roadways, uh, including uh, Dawson Trails Boulevard, which is north-south, and uh, the Crystal Valley uh, Parkway extension uh, from the uh, interchange west to uh, Twin, Oaks, Twin Oaks Road. And this little bit of black sliver here that just popped up is a section of the existing territorial road, which the town doesn't need and uh, will benefit the Dawson Trails development. That's what we're providing in exchange for this land. So um, I think it's a it's a win-win here for the both the town and uh, Dawson Trails. And uh, uh, any, I don't know if any questions. Any questions for John or staff? Seeing none, I will open this up to the public. I have no one signed up to speak. If there's anyone who wishes to speak, please support the podium, speak in a microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone in callers to press star three. And please state your name and whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll be back to town council for a possible motion and discussion. I move to approve the ordinances introduced by title. Second. Our first by Councilmember Cavey, a second by Councilmember Holland said. For our discussion, Max Brooks. Uh, you know, don't necessarily have uh, 
Any comments specifically? I'm just deeply disappointed we didn't have at least 50 or 60 questions for you. I think we let you off the hook entirely too easy. Oh, thank you. I <laughs> right? Um, we do have a first and second, and roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pertin Bracken? Yes. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Thank you, John. Hopefully we weren't too hard on you. <laughs> uh, the next is a quasi-judicial hearing. The hearing is due process hearing required under Colorado law. In order to afford all the parties to the process under Colorado law, town council uh, members must be fair and impartial when deciding whether an application should be approved, approved with conditions, or denied. In making that determination, each council member must consider for the record Includes a planning commission recommendation, staff recommendation, applicant presentation, public comment presented during the hearing, and other written public comments offered before the hearing. Under uh, Carl Town, under, under law, town council must evaluate the proposed base solely on the record of the establishment of the, uh, the municipal code, which is highlighted in the staff report. It is important that each council member retain objective and capable of considering information into the record for, during this hearing. If any council member he or she isn't capable of evaluating and voting on this application consistent with these due process requirements, please describe the situation and recuse yourself from further participation. Does any council member have a conflict of interest that he or she would like to discuss? Madam Clerk, has the public been um, properly noticed on the applicable regulations for this uh, types of land use hearings? Mayor, yes, it has. The council, council will now hear to the applicant, public, and staff on public comments will be taken limited to four minutes per speaker. Council is also accepting written comments submitted written online at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today to be entered into the record. Number 25, resolution 2023-129, resolution of the town council making required statutory findings statutory findings for concerning the eligibility of certain property for annexation. Tara. All right, good evening, Mayor and Council. Uh, tonight, the town is both uh, the staff presenter and the applicant presenter. Uh, so we are looking at the annexation of four parcels of land that make up right of way for Crowfoot Valley Road. On the vicinity map in front of you, the four parcels are highlighted in blue. They're a little hard to see because the yellow line that says Crowfoot Valley Road goes right over them. Um, as you can see, the town uh, incorporated boundaries are on the north and west side uh, of this stretch of right-of-way. Uh, you can see Sapphire Point and Diamond Ridge uh, developments and our fire station on that north side. Um, on the south and east side of the proposed uh, annexation property is land in unincorporated Douglas County. Uh, these are the homes in the McCanton neighborhood that are um, paying that additional water rate uh, fee. Um, so this is part of the a broader effort that staff is going through to clean up uh, property that the town owns uh, that's currently located in unincorporated Douglas County. So what we're doing here is cleaning up really the jurisdictional boundary of these parcels. Um, overall, they're combined at about 5.3 acres in size. Um, this stretch of road today is already maintained by the town of Castle Rock, and so that won't change, uh, but we are cleaning up the jurisdictional boundary because we, we own it. Um, so with that said, uh, as a reminder on the state of Colorado annexation process, there are three main steps. Uh, we did the substantial compliance hearing September 5th, 
um, and that's where we determined that the petition was accurate and complete. Uh, tonight we are doing the eligibility, the second step of that. So this is where staff has taken a look at what a property has to meet in order to request to annex. So tonight we're looking at can this property be annexed. Uh, if this passes this evening, we are planning to bring back the third step to you at your November 7th meeting, which is where we'll talk about whether this property should be annexed and we'll talk about uh, the proposed public land zoning for it. So again, eligibility, highly regulated by the Colorado State Statute um, and Constitution. Uh, we have confirmed in our review that more than 50% of the landowners own more than 50% of the land petitioning. So in this case, all four parcels are owned by the town of Castle Rock. Uh, they do have a, a contiguity uh, with the town boundary um, that exceeds the 1-6 requirement. Um, and again, you see the other items that are on the screen here that's all covered in your staff report. And we've determined that um, in our opinion, in our recommendation, uh, it meets all of these requirements. Uh, nothing is again changing for the use of the property. It's currently right of way, it will be right of way, um, and it's maintained by the town and will continue to be maintained by the town. So with that, my very short presentation tonight, um, staff has reviewed uh, the requirements under the Colorado Constitution and revised statutes and have determined that the property um, meets those eligibility requirements. So this parcel is eligible to request annexation. So we recommend approval of the resolution uh, to find the property eligible for annexation. Um, I have a proposed motion for your consideration and there's no additional applicant presentation. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Tara. Any questions uh, for Tara? Seeing none, uh, I have no, I will open to the public. I have no one sent to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please uh, approach the podium and speak in the microphone and, and online you just may use the raise your hand feature and phone, phone callers can press star three and please state your name and whether you're a resident, non-resident or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, bring back a town council for a uh, possible motion and discussion. Move to approve the resolution as introduced by title. Second, and I have a comment. Great. Um, first, I have the um, Max Brooks, and a second by, by Laura Cavey, and she followed up with a comment. Yeah, I just want to, this is in my district. Um, I just want everybody to know that this is land that we already maintain, and the bigger picture, and Tara, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the bigger picture here is when we go to do the Crowfoot Valley widening, we need this right of way in order to complete that project. Right. Yes, I will say it's possible to complete it without it being in our jurisdiction, but we own it. And so right. this is cleaning it up and making sure that it's super clear and correct. Right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. Yes. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Thank you. The time is now 8:13, and let's please adjourn the meeting for uh, for, for uh, our councilmember or councilmember Lafleur, who's under the weather. So moved. Second. Uh, first by Laura Cadia. Second by Ryan Ryan Holland said, "Thanks uh, to the floor. I hope you feel better." Roll call. Thank vote. you. I appreciate you. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember Lafleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Pretembrack. Yes. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for your hard work. We'll see you in November. <laughs>